0: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
1: So
2: let's rock it! Hammer, it seems like there's been news every day just kind of trickling out on the periphery of the Delphi murder arrest. It's like you go through the timeline a week ago, it was there's been an arrest made in connection with the murders. We'll tell you about it Monday. Monday comes we arrested Richard Allen for two counts of murder and then the story kind of pivots to where you know yeah we arrested this guy but we can't say anything else and we've sealed the affidavit that the judge signed and that's all you need to know and then they move the suspect to another jail for his own safety this week and then now we're finding out another story here is the the judge in this case is 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 recusing himself because he fears for his safety
3: yeah, the Carroll County Circuit Judge Benjamin Diener uh, spoke to Channel 13. He sent a statement to Channel 13, and it was basically about all the pressure related to this case. Now, it's a long message, but the uh, Cliffs Notes version of it quote, respectfully, I need a team of people who can handle these requests for alleged public information where there is no public information. Just so the world knows, the Carroll County Circuit consists of me, Benjamin Diener, the judge. The court reporter was hired on Friday and began Monday. My bailiff answers the phone, has no experience and no knowledge of the legal process. Thankfully, there's a court administrator that has experience, but she has duties regarding Carroll Circuit and Carroll Superior Courts. And he goes on to say... That is it. So I'm begging for some assistance to shield me, the court, from this storm so that I, the court, can keep running the court. So fancy talk for there's too much going on. I'm not qualified for this. I don't have anybody that's good that works around me. So I'm going to punt. And to me, this is gutless. And this is you were put in this position to make these types of calls. You're a judge. It doesn't matter if it's a speeding ticket or a grisly homicide of two young ladies. You have to go in there and do the job that you were appointed to do and to just punt because there's too much media pressure going on. I don't know, man. This seems like it's a weak move to me.
2: Again, he did. Uh, there, was a, there was an element that he fears for his safety and his family's safety. He said something about online threats and YouTube videos or something like that, Uh <laughs> A guy that sometimes we've disagreed with, but does good reporting, we've always said that, uh, Russ McQuaid, Fox 59, he he kind of posts some snarky anti-2A Facebook stuff. Sometimes right. He's got into it with uh, our guy, Guy Relford, the gun guy. He let him have it on his Facebook post today. And I actually, I agree with Russ on this. And I'll just give you the kind of, uh, I won't read the whole thing here, but- And this was on Russ's personal Facebook. This is not on Fox 59's uh, website. Carroll County is not bearing up well under the scrutiny that comes after the arrest of the suspect in the murders. The local judge used words like bloodlust and toxic and harmful insistence on public information. He seems to lament the public's right to know about the charges that should have been revealed in open court, parentheses, which sets us apart from North Korea and Russia. Yet promises all public information will be available the second it it exists. The judge is asking for help from the state, which is probably a good idea, which you would have thought they had five years of experience to prepare for.
3: Right. He'd let them have it. It's not like this grisly homicide, homicides, happened last week. This has been going on for five years, and the angle... Basically, that he's playing here is we're all too stupid and shy, so we're scared, so we're going to punt and let somebody else do this. And
2: and then the other, the last thing that Russ McQuaid put on the on, on the post was, uh, so so the case is going to Judge Gull from Fort Wayne, right? Right, Fran she, Gull. She uh she presided over the Bob Leonard Richmond Hill trial back in the day. Big city judge who knows what she's doing and will brook no foolishness. So. It, it kind of gives the the impression that I don't know. In in the back of my mind after reading that, I'm like, all right, let the big boys do their jobs. Right. right. I mean I mean that's, that's 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 what this is.
3: Who didn't get this job that Judge Deaner has now? Who didn't get appointed, you know, that would have done the job? Because clearly Deaner, oh, it's too scary for me. It's too big. Everybody I work with is a moron, so we can't possibly do this job. Okay. If you're going to be honest about that, I appreciate it, I guess. But who didn't get the job? Right? Somebody did not get appointed to the bench that would have taken on this case from a local level and done the job. It's just such a weak look.
2: I'm sorry. And the, the issue of, yeah, I, I remember those words when we first found out that the judge recused himself. Oh, well, it's the public's bloodlust for information. So you and I have bloodlust? For this case? It's been a
3: high-profile case, not only in Indiana, but across the country. Yeah. Like, every major news outlet has done a story on these Delphi murders. So we're, he, he, we're toxic and harmful
2: because we insist on public information being revealed about the case.
3: Well, he's weak. How about that? If you want to call me toxic and harmful because I want information, because I want these families to get closure, that's fine. Call me whatever you want. But you're weak. You should no way just retire. Like if you can't handle the heat, get the hell out of the kitchen. That's disgusting. Russ McQuaid from Fox
4: 59.
2: <laughs> kind of comparing it to North Korea and Russia. <laughs> I mean that's, it's
3: a, that's um, I mean that's Russ for you right there. I mean, You're gonna get some hyperbole, sure. Yeah. Uh, but man, this is just well, we're too stupid. It's too big of a story. Your bloodlust. Shut up. Sit down. These families deserve better. And I'm happy that this judge that they believe is going to take this over, Judge Fran Gull from Allen County in Fort Wayne, I'm happy that somebody that's willing to do this and competent will be in charge of this. Now, speaking of the Delphi case, Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter, in an interview with Richard Essex of Wish TV, said his agency is still looking for others involved in the
4: Delphi murders right now we we've arrest- we arrested Richard Allen and that's what the courts have allowed us to do we are going to be searching for anyone involved in this case until its end till it's over mm-hmm. and today's no different than that
2: and what were you talking I, I kind of tuned in at the last kind of few minutes of when you did your hit with the Kendall and Casey show earlier this morning in terms of the like what did he say in that interview about the sketch artist or the sketch like they put up the they put out this composite sketch of the delphi murderer the suspect and then they completely changed it around and then they said no 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 actually this is the sketch and then, what did he say? What did, how did Superintendent Carter... Who so, he I, did a couple of
3: different th- interviews. He spoke with RTV6 and Wish TV, okay. I believe. Uh, the Wish TV interview, our news partners, he told R- Richard Essex that he didn't really see the second sketch, didn't know much about it, but there are some features that look like the guy. So, yeah. he kind of just played it off. But the RTV6 interview, I believe, that Rob Kendall was completely fired up about, um, You know, he basically just kind of denied, you know, yeah, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't. And yeah, I I wonder if that was, I mean, it makes me wonder if there's
2: two different suspects. But of course, when that second sketch came out, he's like, no, no, this is the sketch now. We use this sketch. I don't know. Maybe it's a a technique employed by detectives to throw off the scent. Uh, You know, maybe uh, the murderer or murderers, you know, look at this. All right. Maybe we can relax now because right. they got it wrong, which they're intentionally putting out you know, misleading information. I don't know that that's the case. I have no idea. This is all we have to do is speculate with this case still.
3: So November 22nd is going to be a key date. That's a court hearing on whether or not some of these sealed documents have to be unsealed. Maybe we'll get a few more answers to our questions then. Maybe. Uh, the New York Times had a bit of an interesting story. Former President Donald Trump expected to announce a third White House campaign shortly after the midterms, possibly as soon as November 14th. Uh-oh. hey Advisors caution that no final decision has been made and that the former president could change his mind at any time. But it sounds like Big Nige, the worst kept secret in politics, is that the Orange Man is ready to run. Well, you nailed it right there, exactly. The worst kept secret in politics. Is there anybody that thought that
2: he wasn't going to run? We were talking about the Rob Kendall didn't think he's going to run. Yeah, we were talking about this with him yesterday during Off the Rails. I think Rob um, thinks he can't win. Yeah. Well, there's okay. That's it. He, he might not be able to win. Uh, I, I don't want him to run. I, I'd rather see DeSantis run in 2024. I think DeSantis would be a shoe-in against whoever he goes up against. Uh, Trump is, is uh, a different story, though little bit of baggage with Trump, but he does come with a very uh, solid, hardcore
3: base. So, I don't know what kind of baggage you're talking about here, Nige, but maybe this trip down memory lane, when he was responding to criticisms from Rosie O'Donnell, might uh, bring some of these memories back to my forefront. <laughs>
4: no. Well, Rosie O'Donnell's disgusting. I mean, both inside <laughs> and out. You take a look at her, she's a slob. Music. She talks like a, like a truck driver. <laughs> We're all a little chubby, but Rosie's just worse than most of us. If I were running The View, I'd fire Rosie. I mean, I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. Her. Rosie is a very unattractive person. Man. I'd like to take some money out of her fat ass pockets. I like to see bad people fail. Rosie failed. I'm happy about
0: it.
4: Rosie Rosie's a person that's very lucky to have her girlfriend and she better be careful or I'll send one of my friends over to pick up her girlfriend. Why would she stay with Rosie if she had another choice? (laughs) Oh,
3: we could get another campaign cycle of that. Big Nige. Are you ready? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'll get back to you on that.
1: Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff.
3: All right, so I'm going to tell you a story, Nige, and as the father of a daughter, I want to get your thoughts here. Okay. I've got two boys. I don't have a daughter, so I'm going to set this up that I want to get your perspective. There's a dad in Minnesota who's been charged with executing the daughter's boyfriend and burying him in a makeshift grave because he found out that the boyfriend was abusing his daughter. Michael Lee Laffix, 45 years old, was charged earlier this week with intentional homicide in the death of Bryce Brogel. Now, his body was found on Sunday. So the dad thought that his daughter was the victim of domestic violence. She had a lot of bruises, so he started talking to people. He reached out to the landlord. The dad? Yes, the dad reached out to the landlord of where his daughter lived and said, how does she look? The landlord confirmed she had two black eyes. So that's when the dad invited the boyfriend to a little road trip, took him to like a storage facility, shot him in the back of the head crap wheelbarrowed him to the car buried him in a shallow grave he cleaned up the storage shed with bleach but he he mouthed off to somebody somebody found out so now he's charged with murder
2: yeah you know uh, and i mean it's what you say this is minnesota so i'm sure you know this 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 abuser this alleged abuser uh that was beating the crap out of his daughter ever would be arrested for something like that he'd be back out on the street you know just like that just like they usually are here in Marion County. Uh, that would factor into my decision as to what my next move would be. I mean, if you have an abuser, you have somebody that's not afraid to hit a little girl. Uh, when I say little girl, I mean, it sounds like they were adults. But, you know, this guy allegedly beating the crap out of this woman. What else is he capable of? If you're capable of, of beating the crap out of somebody, giving them, you know, multiple black eyes, what else are you capable of? Are you capable of strangulation? Are you capable of putting them in the hospital? Are you capable of killing them? And so this dad looks at this and says, yeah, I'm not going to mess around with the uh, revolving door of the criminal justice system. He'll just be back out on the streets. I'll take care of this myself.
3: Now, the backstory story, not that it ties into this story, the dad's a bit of a loose cannon himself. He had been arrested before for having relations with someone of special needs. Um, Ew. So... Criminal sexual conduct? okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on here, but the crux of the story is the dad found out his daughter was getting beaten by this guy and they basically took him out like the Godfather.
2: It just depends on what um the abuser what else is he capable of. If I'm a father and I see it happening to my daughter and there's a there's a there's some sort of cycle going on here, guy gets in and out of jail. Um, And, and, you know, if if he's willing to give her bruises, if he's willing to put her in the hospital, he's probably willing to kill her. And so I would say this dad had to do what he thought was right, put him in the ground. Don't ever
3: mess with somebody in my family like that. So, again, you have young kids, so it's not like they're dating or anything. But let's say your little girl grows up and somebody's beating the hell out of her. It's Marion County right now with the criminal justice system the way that it is. How does Papa Nige react? Mm,
2: it's a nightmare. I I, I don't want to. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to judge I, you if you say <laughs> you want to kill the guy. i would want to kill him. Of course, I'd want to put my hands around his throat and squeeze and kill slowly. Oh, I like it. If anybody ever did that. Now to you're my talking daughter.
3: my language, my friend. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, one more piece of legal stuff. Disney and songwriter Robert Lopez are being sued for copyright infringement by a songwriter who claims his song was stolen and used in Frozen 2. Oh, man. Daniel Grigson says his song That Girl, which contains the hook Some People Never Change, is identical to some, Some Things, things Never, never change.
2: It's in Frozen 2. I've seen it a million times.
3: He claims he discovered it while the 11-year-old daughter of his was in the theater watching <laughs> the movie. And as we like to do on this show, we've kind of put the two together so you can make your own decision whether or not the song was ripped off. Some never change, but on a different mask. So this, this is his song. Right. Inside, they're still the same
0: some people never That
2: already change. sounds the same. This is.
3: Just... Oh yeah.
0: Ah
3: oh, man,
2: is the, this is the frozen
0: version, right? I hear a similarity. I do too. I think we got a
3: ball game here. I think we got ourselves a ball game.
2: Uh, it's in the same key, for God's sake. That's the that's the guy's guitar there that we added at the <laughs> end. Yeah, I mean, there's cases of parallel thinking and parallel writing. You hear that when something is similar, but that is, um, I they may they may have a case for that one.
3: It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
4: Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on
2: ninety-three WIBC. Oh man, uh, last jobs report before the midterm elections. Hammer, uh, I guess there's good news with the jobs report, and there's there's bad news.
3: Let's with start the, with the good news. Okay, go ahead. Right. Good news shows payrolls grew two hundred sixty-one thousand in October, and based off of this news, early today the Dow jumped up over more than four hundred points. So job growth. So that's good. We'll take that. The bad news is that the unemployment rate rose and labor force participation fell. Now, the continual dropping of the labor participation force, this is a problem. This means nobody is wanting to work right now. You can have all the job openings you want, but if people don't feel like it's worth their time and they can't keep up with inflation, nobody's going to go to work. (laughs)
2: When you look at this, it's still the weakest jobs report in over a year, and and Biden is spinning it as a victory. I mean, I'm sure you got a Biden tweet over there or something.
3: So, yeah, here, let me just read this from Biden real quick. Quote, today's jobs report shows we've added 261,000 jobs and maintained a historically low unemployment rate of 3.7%. Our economy is strong. And folks... Despite Republican leadership rooting for recession, our economy continues to grow and add jobs as gas prices come down. So he's, so Biden's spinning
2: this as a victory, but you have to realize why he is. It's because this number beat expectations. And that's it it's like the homicide rate in indy hey we only had 200 homicides in marion county this year we were expecting 220 <laughs> right high five dosi no let's have a big party and by the way beating expectations could be a bad thing in this case because the fed most likely uh will ri- will will hike interest rates again so yeah it's good news that we yeah, payrolls grew job growth but that's not what the fed is trying to do they're trying to slow down the economy to
3: lower inflation The October payrolls number marked a decline from September's, and the good news, I guess, if you want to call it this, is that the areas that saw the biggest gains, healthcare, professional, and technical services, uh, some manufacturing sectors saw gains, but... A lot of places that are your blue-collar types of places, like restaurants, continue to struggle. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Bobby Flay, the famous chef who runs a bunch of restaurants, he jumped on with CNBC today to talk about what's going on with the restaurant biz.
0: The thing about restaurants is it's a it's a fo- it's an every-night focus group of, of how people are feeling about the economy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and what 's happening is it 's getting squeezed from every sort of corner and edge i mean labor 's expensive, commodities meaning you know the cost of goods, food, et cetera is expensive and of course, occupancy costs is always expensive the landlords never look look out for you i mean they 're always <laughs> You know, they have very deep pockets you. and they and and they're not going to they don't t- they don't take the pressure off on the on the other side of it i think the consumers are feeling the pressure as well and so people they tighten their wallet i, I feel like something not good is happening i mean you look at all the reports and i watch what people are the, the way people are acting in the restaurants mm. they're making decisions that are actually squeezing the check average in the restaurant uh, the restaurateur, the the proprietor is having a hard time making profits
2: my wife and I this week, we were going to go out last night and have somebody watch the kids for a while, but we were like, you know, let's just um, maybe uh, chill at home, have some leftovers. we got Christmas coming up. Uh, we did the same thing. I mean, maybe people are making those same kinds of decisions all over the country.
3: Some other numbers of notes in regards to this report that came out today. Uh, the unemployment rate increased for Hispanic, Black, Asian, and white women. Hispanic men and black youth all of those categories saw their unemployment rates increase according to the uh, jobs report that came in now speaking of jobs a lot of folks that work at Twitter probably looking for new jobs today roughly 3700 employees could be axed by Elon Musk oh it's already been done by the time the end of the day rolls around yeah, here. They're,
2: they're done it's so. Um. Here's, do you want to hear one of the emails? that he, like That's how they were notified, by email. Hello. As shared earlier today, Twitter is conducting a workforce reduction to help improve the health of the company. These decisions are never easy and it is with regret that we write to inform you that your role at Twitter has been impacted. Today is your last day of work at the company. However, you'll remain employed until February and you'll get compensation, uh, compensation and benefits. So they get like 60 days worth of uh, benefits. Uh, Yeah, they're not making any money. And it's even worse now that the advertisers are, are quote-unquote, boycotting Twitter because Elon Musk took over, and they think it's going to be like the Wild West and free speech and uh, extremists all over the place.
3: People like General Mills can't stand free speech, so they've pulled their advertising from Twitter. Like, does this move anybody? Like, other than Elon Musk, obviously, because now it's about his pocketbook. Is there anybody that buys, let's say, Cheerios? Cheerios is a General Mills product. If you're in the grocery store and you're thinking about buying some Honey Nut Cheerios, are you gonna say, "Wait a minute, hold on"? They advertise on Twitter, and you don't get the <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios.
2: There's probably, I mean, there's probably a few lunatics out there like that. <laughs> I would be like, "Man, I, I like my Honey Nut Cheerios, and so do my daughter." So, uh, uh, yeah. No, I just I, wish
3: uh, it wasn't uh, so damn expensive uh, right that's now. It,
2: that's the key. Yeah. Uh, so so General Mills is like one of those, those companies that has suspended uh, its advertising. First of all, how can you be Elon Musk, be this brilliant businessman, the savant, richest man in the world, and not, like, I, I expect there to be some problems within the organization laying off half its workforce. Don't you? You can't just go in and fire 50% of the, this, this billionaire tech company and expect things to continue to run smoothly
3: unless a bunch of these people didn't do anything oh, like true. Yeah. maybe that's how he's going to start turning a profit getting rid of some of these people that just sit around don't do a damn thing and it's like in the movie office space what would you say you do here? <laughs>
2: I'm glad Elon Musk doesn't uh, run Urban One, <laughs> our new owners.
3: <laughs> well, Urban One pulls a profit. so That's true. <laughs> there's a difference between Twitter and uh, WIBC. Um, on the subject of losing jobs, kind of a theme here, MSNBC has announced their parting ways with weekend host Tiffany Cross. Apparently years and years of telling white people you're all racist was not a good business plan for MSNBC and Tiffany Cross. Um, This was one of her better moments when she said that white people weren't allowed to criticize the riots that were (laughs) happening in 2020 and compared it to going to like a barbecue or a dinner.
5: try to put this in context for um, you know our our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can and really truly uh, black America there is a commonality amongst us all and if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off
0: and slapped the father
5: and everybody at that table has an opinion you know the sister is like mom you always do this and the brother is like I can't believe you guys are doing this and dad is like you're terrible if I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say yeah you guys are terrible everybody's like I'm sorry when did you get Opinion. This is our family exactly. table. What a horrible analogy.
2: <laughs> I think if I'm a guest in somebody's home, and what did she say? If the mom slaps the dad, or the they dad, start
3: slapping each other and fighting.
2: I think I'm probably still allowed to weigh in on that. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm allowed to weigh in on my city getting you know destroyed after 2 days of uh, two nights of rioting you know Timothy Cross you have to understand she's the one that said that um, you talk about violent rhetoric on these cable news outlets and some of these hosts and the crazy things they say nutty things they say she i mean she basically implied a couple of months ago that we're in a civil war i mean it oh. doesn't get any worse than that oh we're in, oh whoa, i'm sorry this country is what we're we're in a civil war <laughs> yeah, she's 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 crazy. She's one of those Looney Tunes that's um, you know hate to see anybody lose their job, but
3: I'm not really sad about. No, it I'm happy out. she's losing yeah. her job because she's a <laughs> lunatic and everything is about race with her. Last month, remember when the Dolphins' quarterback Tua had that nasty concussion? Yeah, um, and some ugly. people said he shouldn't have been playing in that game. <laughs> it was Tiffany Cross that said the NFL's handling of Tua's concussion proves quote. White NFL coaches don't care about black bodies. But here's the problem, Nige. Two was not black and the coach wasn't white.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, that didn't sound right either. No,
3: no, no. It's uh, it's a problem. And that's why (laughs) Tiffany Cross is now looking for work being released by Uh. MSNBC. Uh, Shepard Smith got canned from CNBC. Remember, he used to be a big deal over at Fox. Huge, huge uh, primetime spot there in the afternoons, right? Like when Fox News was kind of coming into their own, Shepard Smith was like their guy. He
2: was there forever, and then he did... I mean, was he doing, it was the anchor for middays or late afternoons or something? Now I can't remember, but like, like at three o'clock or something like that. He was a big name over there.
3: Yep. And then he started criticizing the network. He was ripping on Hannity, he was ripping on Tucker. And the network said, yeah, those are the faces of the franchise. You could go somewhere else. So he took his woke politics to CNBC. He wanted to give that network something more than business. And his show was so bad, CNBC (laughs) has announced, we're going back to just business. (laughs) Nothing but business around the clock. No more Shepard Smith. It's funny how that works. And lastly, Jake Tapper is going to be removed from prime time on CNN. Oh, that didn't take long, did it? No, this was a couple weeks. Now, Tapper's camp is saying, we just agreed to do prime time to get through the midterms. But Mediaite and a lot of other folks of knowledge are reporting that this was a total audition, and it turns out people would rather watch funeral coverage than see anything (laughs) Jake Tapper has to say in prime time. Well, you think that
2: CNN was they're they're trying to be this they're trying to position themselves as you know more centrists. Uh, We've we've you know we're not as uh, to the left as we want to we were. We're gonna put uh, Don Lemon in the morning with these two other gals. We're gonna put Jake Tapper. (laughs) Jake Tapper is gonna be the
3: that's the name of the show. uh, Don Lemon uh, and two other gals.
2: (laughs) 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 But yet they still uh, you know they fired Lubin Tubin. Uh, But yet they still have guys like Tapper who are kind of smug jerks and...
3: They still had these crazy weekend shows like Jim Acosta on the payroll. And they made so, Tapper that way. Like Tapper used to be a straight was, news he guy. He was different, yeah. But they kind of morphed him into this because Zucker, uh, the previous head of the network's like, we gotta be hot take machines. So Tapper wanting to keep his job was like, All right, I'll play ball. And now <laughs> they want to go back to what he was before and he may be out of a job. Life comes at you fast.
0: <laughs> Let's go, girls.
3: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on ninety-three WIBC. Great, great intro to a room full of dudes. (laughs) But we got a story about women here. And oh, by the way, is it Shania? Is that it? It is Shania. I think is coming to Indy. Like I saw, like the thing on social media, Shania's still hot. Like I haven't heard much about Shania Twain since probably the late '90s, uh, the new hit country phase. But dude, she still got her fastball. Shania Twain She's still got Seven years old, still smoke on the well, water. Well, it's interesting you
2: mention that because um, there's this Reddit thread that went viral uh, on things women are sick of being judged for, and age was one of them. Okay, so if you're a chick, check it out. All right, at him or Nigel, if you agree or disagree. N- number one on this list, again, things women are sick of being judged for: getting older.
3: Everyone should be allowed to age in peace. Here's what I've said for years. like, There's nothing wrong with aging gracefully. Just don't try to pull like what Madonna's doing, where you've had so much plastic surgery and so much Botox, you look like a puppet now. And then 50 Cent will make fun of you for being 65 years old and
2: posing in lingerie on Instagram. Remember right.
3: <laughs> Talked about our varicose veins. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, but that's a. It's I, I've I've seen movies before where the women always complain. Oh, the older men get, the better looking they get. The older women get, oh, we just you know we sag here and there. Uh, everyone gets older. Everyone ages. Um, that's one of the things women are sick of being judged for. Dude, Elizabeth to Hurley oh, as please. hot now as oh, she has ever been. I can't take it. I had to I, I, I had to mute her from Instagram because that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean no good to look at that. Uh, What's good could possibly come from me looking at, uh, you know, Britney Spears or Jennifer Aniston uh,
3: aging like a fine wine. Now, I get there's a little Botox. There's probably a little little bit here and there, but it's not the full on. You don't even look like the same person like Madonna's done. Not being married yet. Men seem to get a little more leeway
2: before they start getting the why aren't you still single questions. Um, That's one of the things women are sick of being judged for. Uh, let's see, pooping. Oh,
3: (laughs) look, everybody poops, man. Everybody poops. Why can
2: guys be crass about bathroom stuff, but women can't?
3: I don't care. Like if Kate Upton were to walk in the studio right now and just bend over in the corner and drop one down. <laughs> Good lord. I don't think I would judge her for it. I'm not. Uh, I think you judge
2: Rosie O'Donnell for it though. I don't want Rosie <laughs> in the studio to begin with. You'd what alone judging one
3: in the, the corner.
2: Uh things women are sick of being judged for. I know we only got a few seconds left here. Uh, not smiling enough, guys. Never, guys. Never are told to smile more. Uh, that that translates into RBF. You know what RBF is for? Resting
3: Czech. witch face yes. or yeah. something that rhymes with it. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos on ninety three WIBC. So let's rock. It.
2: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Let's not waste any time. You ready? I'm ready. A Friday edition of midterm stuff.
3: Polling. Debates. Fetterman. Eagles. Eagles, Eagles are so much better than Eagles. <laughs> midterm stuff. Eagles were on Thursday Night Football again last night, and I can't stop thinking about it. Every time I hear the announcer go, the Eagles, I think about that big goon, that big Uncle Fester-looking goon. So much better than Eagles! Every time now. It's embedded in my head. Uh, Here, just real quick,
2: because we were talking about Jake Tapper earlier on CNN, how he got demoted. Uh, They lifted his ass out of prime time because his ratings were getting bad. And so he just tweeted this out. Um, Actually, it was earlier this morning. uh, Just asked a Democratic pollster what he's seeing out there, and this is what he sent back. And it's a picture of Hurricane Ian making landfall. Oh. So even Jake Tapper kind of you know making the comparison that the democrats in the midterms is is a disaster on par with with a gigantic uh, hurricane
3: the red wave yeah. of a storm right, 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 right. making its way in so and they're th- getting
2: desperate democrats are getting very desperate
3: well that's all that biden press conference not press conference speech was sure. the other night that was a hail mary to try to label everybody that's thinking about voting for Republicans as some sort of racist or threat to democracy. That's all they've got at this point, because they can't run on the economy. They can't run on the border. They can't run on crime or the military. They can't do any of that. But what they can do is say that Republicans are going to kill your children. And this brings us to this lunatic on MSNBC. He's their presidential historian, Michael Beschloss. You know who this guy is? No. Take a listen to this. And a historian 50 years
6: from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week?
4: Was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be
1: arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away.
3: You don't
2: vote the way we're telling you to vote. They're going to kill your kids. That's, <laughs> That's correct. MSNBC is saying
3: and you won't be allowed to write in, you know, <laughs> 30 years from now.
2: I just love the idea that if you vote for Republicans, you're voting for authoritarianism, says the people that are telling you how to vote right you're you're, you're voting for uh, dictators and authoritarians. and uh, what what does that make you that you're telling me how to vote and who to vote for? Just wondering. Just a question. So,
3: I really do believe that the country is finally caught on to how ridiculous the majority of the national media really is. This wasn't like some host. This was their presidential historian on (laughs) MSNBC saying that if you vote for Republicans, your children are going to die. But yet I'm sure he's all on board for abortion, though. So there's that. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Arizona... I love it. Carrie Lake, she's leading in all the polls. I love her. I do, too. What's the ceiling... For Carrie Lake. Do you think she could be somebody along with like Ron DeSantis, somebody that's not up there in age, that could be the future of the Republican uh, Party? Sure.
2: She's definitely a star. She's kind of this new age of uh, Republicans. I mean, she's 53 years old, but she is, um, uh, you know, she was a, sh- a television news anchor for 22 years and she's got it together, man. And people love her. Oh, they love her or they hate her. Right, uh, which but, means yeah, you're doing no, something right. But no, I definitely think she could. She has qualities similar to DeSantis that would be very good on a national stage.
3: Because 53, by political standards, yeah. that's super young. Oh, yeah, I
2: mean, Trump's about to turn, I think Trump's
3: like 77, 78 and biden's 114 (laughs) at least he looks like and acts like it so in political terms she's got a lot of time here she did an interview on fox where she responded to criticism that hillary clinton gave to her
1: but i was a little concerned today i'm going
0: to be honest when i saw hillary clinton bad-mouthing me (laughs) and she looked she looked angry and actually scared and and uh just uh, completely
1: unrelated, I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, I'm in perfect health, my brakes on my car are in good shape, <laughs> and I'm not suicidal. And we're going to win this thing on Tuesday. Well
3: played, Carrie Lake. Well <laughs> played. in <Fine
2: Linden>, Arizona. <laughs> She would get uh, she would get my vote for sure. Uh, She would get both my votes.
3: (laughs) Well, are you a registered Democrat? (laughs) Come on now. Yeah. Uh, Uh. So last night (laughs) on MSNBC, Stacey Abrams, she's trying everything she can Uh, to keep her failing gubernatorial run alive. So remember what happened last year. Remember Stacey Abrams was the face of voter suppression, and we got a
2: platform. Right.
3: We got to get the all-star game out of Atlanta because that will show everybody in Atlanta. We mean business. She screwed over her own state to push this ridiculous narrative of voter suppression. That was not even a year ago. Take a listen to what she said last night.
0: What is your expectation for black voter turnout in this election by Election Day? We know early voting has started. How do you see the numbers? Where do you see the numbers? Go ahead. The numbers are extraordinary. We have seen black men participate at
1: 91.8% of their 2020 general election turnout. We have seen black women participate at 90%. These are the two highest concentrations of voters.
3: So in less than a year, it went from we have to rip the all-star game out of my state (laughs) to holy hell, record turnout for black voters. Which
2: is it? Somebody tell me which it is. Just give me a, stick with one answer. I mean, we were talking about this a month ago in the runoff election, the record turnout in Georgia. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me there's voter suppression? Is that what it is? You got to understand Stacey Abrams career ended the moment she took that ridiculous picture of her sitting on the ground at an elementary school maskless while all the elementary school aged kids around her sat there with masks that that was the end uh, of her career right there that was so ridiculous it was one of my favorite political moments ever
3: and how pissed off would you be if you worked in the restaurant business or hotel business or retail sale business in atlanta think about all the money you lost when the major league baseball all-star game did not come to your city exactly the year that hank aaron passed away mind you you lost out on all that revenue and Not even a year later, she's like, hot damn, record turnout. Black women, black men. I can't believe it. Nothing really changed over that year. Unbelievable. Uh, On the subject of crime... We've got ourselves a good old-fashioned showdown brewing in New York, Nige. I don't think many people would have predicted this, that Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin are coming down to the wire. Very liberal, very blue New York. The governor's race, depending on which poll you look at, is in play here. And it's because of crap like this. So Kathy Hochul, the unelected incumbent, tells CNN that Republicans and New Yorkers are being dishonest about crime as a major issue.
0: What are Democrats not getting about crime? Why are Republicans winning on this whole crime issue? That has been the thing that has fueled Lee Zeldin's campaign. Because they're being dishonest about it. They're not having a conversation about real solutions. What we have done is taken 8,000 illegal guns off the streets. We made sure that no 18-year-old can get their hands on an AR-15. We've made sure that our red flag laws are tough.
3: So I'm going to read you some statistics here, okay? In New York City, New York City alone, rape is up year over year. So is robbery burglary felony assault grand larceny grand theft auto combine all of those it's up 31 percent in new york city there's
2: this huge story right now about this uh new york City serial rapist uh, accused of choking and assaulting a female jogger he's uh in jail right now but he's been arrested 25 times prior and this isn't the first time she's
3: act like what crime yeah exactly this It's a huge national story right now. The guy you're running against was literally attacked on stage yeah, while Zeldin, campaigning yeah. before. I think he uh, understands what's going on with the crime in New York.
4: Emma and Nigel presents... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this...
2: Anything on 93 Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? Yeah.
3: I am going to run a story by you. You will take that big bucket head of yours, and you're going to think about things.
2: That was my nickname when I was a kid, Buckethead.
3: You're going to weigh out the pros and the cons, and you're going to tell us if the story in question is anything or not. All right. Is this anything? In Oregon, police have received reports of razor blades inside of Halloween candy oh, no. bars. Man, I thought this was just like an urban legend. Uh, Here are the residents of the community speaking about the horrifying
0: discovery. That's really twisted. That's a person who definitely should be put in restraints. It's really sad to hear that that act would happen anywhere to kids. It's like, that's just so mean. If there's someone out there who's guilty of this, I have one thing to say to them. You just might burn in hell.
2: Yeah, I was watching this. They kind of look like blades from a pencil sharpener. Oh. Um, and there's different reports of this, and they're all coming from the same area. So, uh, like you said, I, it's usually like an urban legend type of thing. I'm just glad we haven't had any. I, I had not that I've seen anyway. I don't know if you've seen. I don't. It's not you know the rainbow uh, rainbow fentanyl, and uh, the fentanyl coming across the border, Are open porous southern border border, uh, disguised to look like candy skittles, nerds, whatever, sprees. I love the little um,
3: sprees and sweet tarts, Yeah, man. i do.
2: Too. So I we haven't seen any solid reports of something like that happening, but it's I mean, yeah, imagine what it takes the kind of mental uh capacity that, the or lack thereof that a person would have to shove razor blades into some Reese's uh peanut butter cups and then give them to
3: kids. Oosh. People are the worst, man. They are. They always say, "Well, don't judge people. Don't be judgmental." No, people are we awful. Can judge. judge the bejesus out of people. Is this anything? The Justice Department announced the first national takedown of a criminal enterprise stealing catalytic converters. So this has been a big thing. Oh, the catalytic converters are like it's all over the country. Yeah, I mean, it happens it's, it's, in it's Indy. A, yeah. Happens everywhere. One of the alleged criminals taken in was. Navin Kavana from New Jersey who posted a picture of one of the converter style necklaces on his Instagram account. <laughs> It's got a winking emoji on it. Here's the police officer explaining why these car parts are so valuable.
0: Some of the metals are twenty six thousand dollars an ounce. You can see why you know what? it's very expensive repair to make. Number one, but number two, why it's such a common crime. Oh, hold
2: on, James, play that again. Play. play. Some
0: of the metals are twenty six thousand dollars an ounce. Whoa, you can whoa. see why you know okay. it's very. You can, expensive. you
2: did cut that off. Yeah, this is something. I'm glad they got the guy. And it's it's now I kind of understand a little bit better why there's like an like a, a national ring of catalytic converter thieves that operate on uh, a, a national level. That's a lot that's, of money that's, that's that's huge and yeah I've I, I can't remember I, I've never had one stolen but I think I've had to replace one once and I forget how much it was but it it was expensive right I mean even for you know even for somebody like like when you're a, a teenager and you're a senior in high school and you're working at Burger King and you got to replace your catalytic converter that's a problem.
3: And no. if you were going to be one of these pieces of crap that steals it or whatever, don't be so dumb to put it on a necklace and put it, it onto yeah, Instagram, uh, idiots.
2: Yeah. I mean they I mean that's nine hundred to uh, like, um, I just typed it in like nine hundred to a couple grand uh, to replace a catalytic converter.
3: Wow. Yeah. Is this anything two cops in Canada were on the side of the highway filming a public service announcement about speeding the officer inside of his patrol car pointed his radar gun at the road and right on cue somebody drove by going 103 miles an hour. So he took off in pursuit, and the officer who was filming him turned the camera on himself and gave a final comment for the people watching along.
6: We're just doing some speed enforcement here. Traffic is pretty uh, steady. Uh, About half an hour ago, I had someone going 169 kilometers an hour in the posted 100 zone. Ooh, 167.
1: (laughs) I promise you. That was not planned. That just happened right now.
2: So they're shooting like some PSA for social media or something like, you got to slow down and we're going to come, we'll pull you over. And somebody, they caught somebody doing 103. Right. 167
3: uh, kilometers, which is 103 miles per hour. So that was in Canada.
2: Finally, a cop when someone's speeding. You never see that. I trust we're the biggest pro law enforcement radio show there is. But I never see a cop when I see somebody driving erratically and speeding. Doing 150 down uh, 65 going home at night, right? Ever? I mean, there's some maniacs driving uh, when we leave this place at night. I hit 65 uh, northbound and then get on 465 north, and man, just some, just some crazy. You know, people that think they're Mario Andretti, weaving in and out of traffic. There's never a cop, but I just want there to be a cop so bad to take him down.
3: And then when the cop pulls him over, I want to drive by repeatedly and laugh. And like honk and laugh. Flip him off. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel
4: Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
2: My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a couple of special guests live in the WIBC studios.
3: Look at the American badassery that we've got oh, in the studio man. right now. We are getting ready to talk Warrior 110. Our pal Brian Alvey is here. Brian, what's And up? Darren Tassander. Did I get it right? Yes, sir. Right on. Boom. Thank you guys for coming in studio here. What's up, fellas? Hey, good to see you. So the Warrior 110, before we get into some cool stories and drinking some bourbon, because you guys brought a few libations here. We did. Uh, tell us what the Warrior 110 is.
7: Well, it's we're going on our fourth annual coming up this uh, this week. Uh, we start on the 8th and we finish on the 12th. The Warrior 110 is an organization that I started that Darren joined forces with me on directly thereafter, where we do really stupid things where we punish our bodies and stuff to bring awareness to keep the awareness alive for uh, combat veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries which we all know leads to the epidemic that is veteran Mm -hmm. suicide. So Mm -hmm. we do that. So we do this. This is our big this is kind of the flagship thing that we do every year. It's a 110 mile road march. We're going to start in Louisville, Kentucky and then we're going to end up at the American Legion Post in Greenwood, Indiana on Saturday. We're going to have a big party uh, starting around 3 o'clock.
3: So this this is Rain or Shine, too. If the heavens open up and the rain comes down, you guys are out there walking still. Oh, it opened
7: up last year. You know, they, they always say it in the infantry community, and every infantryman listening to this right now is going to cringe when I say this because it's, so, it's been said too many times, but if it ain't raining, we ain't training. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brian, gotta, what's,
2: your, what's your background again uh, in, in military history? Uh,
7: Well, I was in the Cub Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, That's where I, it all started. Exactly yes. Brian <laughs> uh, I was Army. Darren was Air Force. Uh, so, uh, you know, I did a little over 20 Years army, uh, he used to fly in the planes and he used to make me jump out of the planes. So he was a crew chief and I was a partner lo- here and I was Darren. a lawn dart, so uh, <laughs> a human lawn dart. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then Darren and I are both contractors yeah, for we a were while. Always
2: look at these dumbasses jumping. Out. Pull that, pull that the microphone. perfectly good airplane there. to
7: jump out of. What's yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, well, they, no, they no, say no, the 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 only two things come out of the air: paratroopers and bird bleep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Now> <laughs> Thank the, you for bleeping yourself yeah. because sometimes when you join us, that's been a problem in the past. Well, you Brian. got the new guy over here. I, he I
7: don't know if he, I, I'm sure you gave him the memo. memos. You got to hold your finger over that button, with Alvin. You never know. He's an f-bombing, s-bombing. Is, is
2: it my imagination, or did you do this
7: um, when it was warmer out? The last, so last time, lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, the first year I did it over the Fourth of July yes, weekend. That, I that. was horrible. It was 97 degrees. We're coming out of New Albany and I'm going up Floyd's Knobs, and I did that one with Adam Smith, and 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 within 10 miles, him and I are nips up on the side of the. <laughs> Bro, the time he looks at me he goes Whose idea was this? And I was like, "You were supposed to say no!" Like, how bad was the chafing? Like, like. Oh um, man, I went through more Vaseline than you know. you Easy, do you porn. easy,
6: so, easy. Uh, yeah, we call that a combat uh, lube.
7: Yeah. Oh yeah, you—you amazed how I can effectively do that while I, I don't miss a stride walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Again so.
2: and again, this is this is a hike. You guys are
7: on the road yeah. on foot,
2: rain or shine, and yeah. so you decided to do it in a little yeah. bit of a cooler. Um, I think next week's supposed to be nice, too, by the way. Every day,
7: new- but Friday and Saturday
3: is going to be a little iffy, but it's whatever, you know?
6: Yeah. yeah. So, Darren, how did you get
3: hooked up with this crazy SOB over here, Brian?
6: So, so our buddy, our mutual buddy, Adam Smith, who started it with him, who was a Green Beret, started it on the first year. And I did- cross- He was a hat. I did CrossFit with with Adam Smith. Did you
3: tell everybody about it 18 times a day?
6: <laughs> no, I did not. No. Wow, you were the one. Adam <laughs> Smith calls me and says, I lost my damn hat. Can you bring me a hat?
7: <laughs> so, yeah, so, tell tell him who else is going to do it with us this, this year. So
6: this year, uh, Brian's son, who's an active duty, uh, uh, I've Army seen him on Facebook, yeah, he's yeah. badass, who actually did a jump today, I believe.
3: Yeah,
7: done it. Ship off
3: the old block.
7: Yeah, yeah
6: buddy.
3: He is now, as a dad, real quick, I want to get back to this, sure. but as a dad. Like, what's it like watching your son jump out of a plane or knowing that he's jumping out it's of a like plane? It's like I told
7: you last time I was here. That
3: gives me parental wood. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what that means, but I, uh, I, I'm
7: assuming I, you, I, you
2: mean know, your pride. Like, when well, my son proud of my pitches my in
3: baseball, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for him. Yeah. Well, he's not jumping out of a plane. Yeah. You know, uh, I, let his mom, I let man. his
7: mom do the worrying, and I just puff out my chest <laughs> and peacock and live vicariously by his, his badassery. So I'm old and brittle now. So <laughs> this has grown every year, though, yeah. right, in terms of – in
2: scope and and uh people paying attention to it monetarily as well yeah are uh, people are
7: donating to the warrior 110.org and our Facebook pages stuff like that and uh what's
6: awesome so my son's this badass right yeah sure so's
7: Darren's daughter yeah, tell my, my daughter th- my, oh my
6: sweet my sweet beautiful innocent daughter was an air Force officer in the air Force so uh she is now uh out of the air Force but she is going to do My or day two with us, which is 26 miles, which sucks
1: yeah.
3: Okay. How did you talk the kids into it? Like, you wanted it... any inheritance, you got to get out of here. <laughs> was there a yeah. little guilt trip going on here?
6: No, I tell you. Last year, uh, her and my my wife both joined us on the last day, which was about thirteen miles. This year, she has to work, and she wanted to be involved and she wanted to contribute. So she says, "I'll do day two with you," which is twenty six. Which so day two sucks. Well, you now, just touched on something. We invite everybody that
7: wants to walk with us the last day. This year, we're gonna we're taking everybody. will start showing up around. 1130 we're taking off at noon from the mint in downtown franklin we're heading straight up north up 31 to the greenwood american legion post 252 take about three hours to do it and uh, then we're going to roll into a party so anybody who wants to walk with us is welcome to do that it's
3: We'd only about 10 miles I'd love to see a big crowd man like that final yeah. scene of Forrest Gump where he's walking yeah. he's got oh, all man. those people well, we behind have him we, we have that
7: every year we just, I'd love we, to see we, Hammer and Nigel there. What I'd like to see yeah. yeah Hammer and Nigel should come I barely made this. it to the bathroom earlier without peeing I, my pants uh, <laughs> I
3: take the elevator to the fifth floor and I work <laughs> just, on the fourth. just remember
7: follow me just remember I'll be right in front of you and there's a bottle of bourbon in that rucksack Ooh, at
3: all times Like the for the donkey, yeah. you, you know, you just it's a follow. bottle of bourbon and a Taco yeah. Bell gift card, and you're going to find both of us Bell. just going along hey, the way. Also, we'll
7: pass at least three Taco Bells
2: on the way, and I'm the donkey. By
7: the way,
6: <laughs> hey, on I'm that last day, also, we're going to have a police escort, and we're going to have the River City Corvette Club yep. out of Louisville, Kentucky. Solid, we're about twelve Corvettes. They're going to be there with uh, the escorting way. us into town. Yeah.
3: Now, Darren, again, we're joking. We're having a good time here today. We're all friends. We, you brought some bourbon. But the cause for this is to raise awareness and some funds for some folks that really need some help here. Absolutely. The And I think the right word to talk about this is epidemic of veterans yeah. that commit suicide every year. It's a major problem. Uh, the years change, but it seems like this is a problem that happens habitually. Why is this?
7: You know, that's the thing. I don't have the answers. I don't. Uh, what I can do is punish myself publicly, make an ass out of myself publicly, which I'm really good at. Everybody knows that. Um, to to keep the awareness and to keep everybody yeah. talking about it. So the smart guys and gals with the, the, the letters behind their name, the doctors and stuff, it, yes. it gives them opportunity to dig into it, get elbow deep in it, and continue to help try to figure this out. So I'm just the messenger and... Trying to give the opportunities for for those smart people to continue
3: to do. What's anything. the response you've gotten from some of the folks that um, you? Yeah, w- what's the
2: response been, and have you been able to see the firsthand direct results of the efforts that you've put into this?
6: Yeah, well, for,
7: yeah, we, we yeah. send guys to programs like the Brian Bill Foundation, Warriors Heart, and other programs that have actual programs for these guys uh, and gals. And then, um, and we're developing programs now. We're going to start running programs right here in Indiana ourselves. So we're looking forward to that, but.
6: Yeah yeah we're looking forward to that. We, we, uh, we yeah we're, we do whatever we can. We you know we're we- we're able-bodied and we abuse ourselves just so we can raise money. Able's a
7: strong yeah. word, brother. <laughs> uh,
6: not able-minded, the, uh, able-bodied.
3: I got the link for the Warrior 110 up on Twitter. I'm going to put it up on our Facebook page Sweet. here in just yeah. a moment. If somebody wants to make a donation, they can do that on that link, right? Yeah,
7: the landing page on the website, boom, it's right there. Donate here. You can go to the Facebook page. We're always making posts asking for donate. It has a little donation link thing in there. Uh, that's really well. Or if, it's really, if you just want to hand me a check or cash or, or a sock full What's of coins, Point,
6: you know, just just message us on the Facebook You see page. us walking down the road, you want to pull over and hand us a 10 spot, man. That's happened lots of times. Really? Yeah. People yeah. just pulling over on the like oh, yeah. yes. walk? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we you know, amazing. despite
7: what we see on the news and everything, there are, Ton of good Americans, good yes, people, absolutely. right? Especially in Indiana, so there's just we 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 get inundated. The people are always honking and waving, and people stop. We have one guy who stopped. He didn't have any money on him. We went all the way to his house and found us again. Wrote us a check and brought us a bunch of bottled oh water. Gosh, that's mean, awesome. That's it, it, it's more common than not common, and
3: it kind of restores your faith in humanity. a yes, it, it does. Been, right?
7: Sure. It, it is, yeah. but you know, I come out of this every year just feeling great. You know, physically, I feel like a, yeah, you a look bag great. Of yes. hurts, Both of you guys look it, awesome. Yeah, I, uh, but. Mentally, it just it really it really it really helps. How it does it really feel
3: to be the fourth and third most in shape guys in this room though? Right now, by the way,
7: you know, you guys are intimidating. You know, Amber's standing there over there with pending doom over me, flexing his imagination. I'm
6: scared. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little scared. But uh, you did some math earlier. What, yeah, in, I got to tell you something. Three years. I'm 54. He's 50. In three years, he'll be what's the math? 53 and 57. That's 110. So. Wow. Okay. All right. My saying. My
7: son's doing it this year. His daughter's doing it this year. We're hoping to hand this out. We're getting tired. Some people need to step we just up. We to and drive, drive the, the car. You want
2: to pass the baton No, now. I okay. just want to be at the end party drinking <laughs> sure. the
3: Lights Out bourbon, which I brought you guys. I
7: brought Thank my you. bourbon oh, that yeah. I partnered Cheers. with Chris Lytle on, the Lights Out bourbon. It's uh, yeah, it an amazing high-ride bourbon.
3: So again, we'll put this on our Facebook page. It's already up on Twitter. Uh, tell us one more time if somebody wants to support or if somebody wants to join you. Give us locations. Give us some dates.
7: Uh, Uh, Well, we take off on the Louisville side, and then we'll be heading out of the Jeffersonville side at about 7 in the morning. Down at the pavilion
6: right on the river. About
7: 7 in the the morning. About about 7 in the morning. morning. And then we're just going to be going straight up US 31 for the most part. So look at... Two idiots carrying big American flags with, with big... Oh, there'll pla- be three idiots this year. Oh, Multiple idiots. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but really, come out on, uh, on... Oh, I forgot to mention. We're going to have a little makeshift uh, gathering party on Veterans Day evening at the Mint so everybody can show up there. The Mint's doing a special. Down and, in Franklin. They're going to be contributing yeah. money to the to Warrior 110 to take care of veterans. Scott and Thomas, who own the Mint, their dad's a Vietnam veteran. They're very supportive of veterans. Um, but and if you want to walk, show up. We're going to leave at noon from the Mint on Saturday. Saturday. We're gonna end up at the American Legion Post at uh roughly three ish, and that's when everybody if, start showing up at the American Legion Post in Greenwood Post 252 at three. They're they're throwing a big shindig for us. There's gonna be a steak dinner, the, um 16 ounce ribeye, baked potato, and salad for only twenty dollars. Holy crap yeah, So come down and stuff your face. If you don't like me, come for the meat.
4: You know, <laughs> eat you the like me. meat.
7: You know, screw the salad, throw the salad away. Stop eating my food's food. You, uh, (laughs) Always mean when you eat my foods. Food, eat the steak, make room for a potato, (laughs) and then wash it down with some tremendous amount of beer and bourbon. Beer and
3: bourbon, dude. Hey, you brought some beverages here. Everybody, raise up a glass to raising awareness and funds for a great cause, and to you guys for being such badasses. Cheers, everybody. Salute you guys.
7: We love you guys. You always cheers. You've helped me spread the word, and I've always greatly appreciated it.
3: Thank you so So much, Darren Brian. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And again, I've got that link for the Warrior 110 now up on the Hammer and Nigel Show Facebook and Twitter. Help out a great cause if you can. Right now, sunshine and 77 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC.
2: The Hammer and Nigel Show.
4: I can't stand it anymore. It's getting worse.
2: 93 WIBC. Hit me! Well, if you need a reason to imbibe tonight... That means drink. Uh, It's uh, Matthew McConaughey's birthday. He's 53 years old. Uh, What would you say his signature movie is? It's like, you know, it's going to be on his gravestone when he passes away. What is he going to be known for?
3: All right, all
2: right, all right. You think so? I think it's Woodruff. well, what about Woodruff? Ron Woodruff from the Dallas Buyers Club. Great movie. Won an Oscar for that movie.
3: Wasn't Fauci the, like, inspiration for the bad guy in Dallas Buyers Club? In Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, I think... Uh, Fauci's role really was what the bad guy was. I need to look that, in that up. Dallas Buyers Club. I'm not sure about that. I'm sure somebody will fact check me.
2: A uh, Time to Kill, though. Great movie, too, with uh, him and Sandra Bullock. That's and, an all star uh, cast, too. Yeah. Kevin
3: Spacey, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, but man, 53. I go three Dazed and confused for me. All right. Uh, so, speaking of both Fauci and Matthew McConaughey, here's what it sound like if his breakthrough character Wooderson had an interview with old flip-flopping Fauci.
0: Oh, How's it going, man? Pretty good. You got a joint? That's a good question. Uh, yes. <laughs>
4: all right. All right. All
0: right. <laughs> right now in the United States. People should not be walking around with masks. Rather than spend my time listening to some dipshit who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. What you talking about? Well, we can't be dealing with you unless we know you're vaccinated. Man, it's the same bullshit <laughs> they try to pull in my day, you know, but ain't that piece of paper? Some other choice they're going to try and make for you. Let me tell you this, the older you do get, the more rules you're going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're
3: told oh i forgot about the just do do what you're told do what you're told
2: and now fauci wants us all to believe i didn't have anything to do with the lockdowns at all not me wasn't me no lockdowns i didn't tell people to shut down schools Uh, uh, you know reverse rewind a year ago do what you're told
3: don't we have like an audio wow. montage of Fauci saying, "Yes, we were going to shut things of down." We
4: do. <laughs> it's all out there.
3: Fifty-three years old today, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On ninety-three WIBC. So let's rock. It.
2: Hammer, the uh, judge overseeing the Delphi murders in Carroll County has recused himself uh, in part because he says that he is in fear for his safety because he sealed a bunch of documents that weren't or or some think need to be accessible to to the public. And it just seems like there's been there's been news ever since the announcement of the arrest of Richard Allen there in Delphi. And it hasn't been, like there's been this narrative, it's that, you know, that um, there's not a lot of information that they can, that the police can, can reveal, right? Right. It it went from, Hey, we arrested this guy, two counts of murder. You're not hearing anything else. Um, And um, the charges have not been revealed in open court. Um, the you know the documents have been sealed by this judge, and so the, this is kind of like the news, the, the latest thing, is that this judge has, has stepped down.
3: Man, that's gutless. It's gutless. This is the case of a lifetime if you're this judge, and the statement that, I believe it was Channel 13 acquired from this judge, emailing some people, saying, basically, he's surrounded by people that aren't qualified to handle a case of this magnitude, and basically he doesn't want to deal with this so why did you become a judge then who didn't get this job because you got it and when the light is the brightest you run away and then russ
2: McQuaid from fox 59 made a good point uh on his facebook page when he said hey you had five years to prepare for this right what is going on uh, they uh, so the judge that has it now is a special judge uh, judge Gull from Fort Wayne who is you know total pro presided over the uh, the Richmond Hill trial and we'll go from there
3: I just think it's gutless that's the only word I can come up with on what's happening with this judge now as for the investigation itself, our news gathering partners at Wish TV, Richard Essex from their investigative team, he spoke with Superintendent Doug Carter, State Police Superintendent Doug Carter, and Carter says that his agency is still looking for others involved in the Delphi murders.
4: Right now we've arrest- we've arrested Richard Allen and that's what the courts have allowed us to do. We are going to be searching for anyone involved in this case until it's end, until it's over. Mm-hmm. I think today's no different than that.
3: So that certainly doesn't sound like this is the guy, the only guy, you know, because the public tip line is still open for this case, Nigel. Now, you bring up those sealed documents. You mentioned that a moment ago. Here is Richard Essex of Wish TV asking Doug Carter if these sealed documents, if they become opened up. And there's a hearing coming up on November 22nd where we're going to find out if they have to be unsealed or not. But if they get opened up, are we going to get any more answers?
4: The probable cause, I suspect, is going to answer a lot of questions that that I have here and that we talked about on Monday. Will it answer all of our questions? Oh, or is no. Still Remember, this case is 2,100 days old, almost. And the facts in their totality will come out at trial. And not until then. I can appreciate the, the desire f- um, for our citizens to have these questions answered, and and my response to that is it'll come. It will come. It will come. But if any of us said something that would be detrimental to the criminal prosecution of the person or persons that killed Abby and Libby, and I was responsible, you should hold me accountable too.
3: So that was State Superintendent
4: yeah. uh, Doug Carter of the
3: police. Not
2: a lot he can say. I, I I like Doug. We've we've had conversations with him. It's frustrating, I know, um, but uh, you know, it sounds to me like they're still looking for people. They're still looking for others involved in this case. Look, what happened in Johnson County today? Twenty men arrested in a child sex sting. I'm not saying one has to do with the other. There's no affiliation whatsoever. Nobody has been saying there's any connection. But, man, this is... I I think these kinds of things have tons of
3: people involved. These sex Uh, perverts, man. It feels like they're in groups.
2: Yeah, I I know. So so who knows what Keegan-Klein... Um, the guy that had the Anthony Schatz account that interacted with uh, the victims uh, before their death, uh, did he tell them something? Does he have any more information to provide? Uh, he's not been charged with anything related to Delphi. He's hes one of these guys that, that's charged with uh, uh, pornographic images of, of minors. So, man, I, I, I just... I want to know, and I understand everybody's frustration for sure. I I, I totally get it. But I I, I don't want them to jeopardize this case.
3: And in that interview that Wish TV did with uh, Doug Carter, uh, Richard Essex asked him if Keegan Klein has been cooperative, and there was no answer given by uh, Superintendent Carter. Said he didn't want to talk about that and wanted to move on. So take that. For what you will, Um, another legal story of note is the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. Now, NBC News had a story earlier today that kind of shed some light on how this thing went down inside the House. So, according to NBC News, when Paul Pelosi opened the door for the police officers, he didn't flee. He didn't declare an emergency. As a matter of fact, he casually walked back to the attacker in the house and then was attacked. Take a listen. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived after a knock and announce the front door was
0: opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82 year old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear
3: if the 82 year old was already injured or what his mental state was,
0: say sources. According to court documents, When the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said, everything's good. But instantaneously, (laughs) a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect,
5: officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. Oh,
2: man. I I don't know. I used to think, uh, leading up to... Right before I heard that news story, uh, right before that clip, I used to think, I think this is some uh, guy that broke in. He's a lunatic, this illegal alien that has uh, ties to um, uh, mental illness and has all these BLM flags at his house and is sort of a radical and just broke into the house, and it's pretty cut and dry, and that's it. All right, I don't know what there is to learn about security around the Pelosi household. But but this kind of makes it sound like, I don't know, he's 82 years old, for God's sake. So I I don't know. Is there more to this story than than I, I used to think not? But is there more or no?
3: When the cops arrived, he didn't seem like yeah, there was a frantic what? thing going on. You would think if you were on the verge of getting beaten with a hammer, you'd be like, yeah, the lunatic's in the back room. He almost was like, oh, hey, come on in. I'm going to go, gonna go back here and uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to get some cookies out. And then I'm going to get hit in the head with a hammer.
2: It's weird. I thought it was interesting you see the drone footage of the the break in and the doors and all the glass is shattered. Like all the glass uh, from the break in is outside on the sidewalk, on the porch. Like when you wouldn't you think if you're using a hammer to break into somewhere, all the glass would be on the inside of the residence?
3: Interesting. I am in the tinfoil hat, baby. Uh-oh, physics with Big Nige. The glass would have had to have gone the other way. And why was he happy to see the police but not frantic? I don't know. There's a lot of questions involved in what happened with old man Pelosi. All right. I am, I am,
2: I am Nigel Jason Hammer is here, attorney at law and longtime host here on 93 WIBC. Abdul Hakim Shabazz joining us. Abdul, I did my civic duty last night. I went and I voted. I, <laughs> so proud of myself. Let me ask you. I mean, are you expecting a big turnout um, locally here for these midterm elections? Because, like, like I said, Hammer and I were talking about before the show. Uh, before the show ended, I was like, "Well, man, if I'm going to have to like sit there and wait for two hours, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it right now." But I got right in, right out, and I just I mean, maybe my expectations were a little bit
5: higher. Well, that's the good thing about early voting. Is uh, yes. number one and number one, you could, it's uh, thirty days before election day, and also you got vote centers too so you can vote anywhere in your county i want to say hamilton county has it mary county has it. i think uh, boone county has it because uh, you're up there no yeah there, I'm, I'm, I'm in zionsville there. so i was at the town hall yeah so they got in it. You can vote for like you no, know, basically eight hours a day. Yes. So I. And think- it wasn't very big. It was as big as the studio, probably. Yeah. Was think, the, the
3: thoroughly- mayor there? Was Mayor Emily there? Was the effing mayor <laughs> she, around?
2: I, I snuck back to her corner office uh, that she uh, paid for uh, through taxpayer dollars without the permission of the town council, and I got into her liquor cabinet. Oh, good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but but I'm just saying like like I got in and got out, and I'm just wondering if 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 it's going to be a huge turnout? Uh, do you, Do you think? Because there seems to be a lot of crazy. It's a
5: lot of chaos. It's more than 14, but less than 18, as far as turnout goes so far. I've been kind of sort of tracking, uh, particularly Marion County turnout. So, more than 14, less than 18. Is that Uh,
3: because there's not a mayor's race this year? uh,
5: Not necessarily. Uh, 14, there was actually no federal offices. It was just the Secretary of State. Auditor and treasurer. There was no U.S. Senate race. That happens like every every twelve years. Has changed. There's no U.S. Senate race. So that right. way, that way, voter turnout is actually really low. Uh, this go around, you got as as I said uh, during next week, WIBC that out. You have know, a bunch of cross currents. You got the gas price. You got inflation. That cross current. You got the abortion. You got the quote unquote threats to democracy. Cross current. So basically. Where you end up is like swimming in the ocean. Just don't go under because you're going to end up in a cross current somewhere.
2: Yeah, I did notice. I mean, it was more for me uh, school board voting. Um, I, I mean, yeah, the, the senators. Um, I, I voted, um, I, it was a split ticket. Some I voted Republican, some I voted Libertarian. But um, I didn't see, like, it, it, if we were in Georgia, it'd be a different story, though, yeah. right?
5: Yeah, because Georgia is a highly competitive uh, situation with uh, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. And so, Governor's yeah, yeah as well there yeah and, and usually that is what drives turnout it okay. is co- it is competitive races that will drive a voter turnout plain and simple now it's interesting uh, because you've got the school board races that are there too which could also yep. uh, increase turnout uh, as well.
3: What are we hearing about the uh, prosecutors race here in Marion County? I've noticed an uptick in Carrasco TV ads, a few Mears ads up as well. But I'm seeing, I think, the results of that final quarter of fundraising really coming in here in the final closing days.
5: Also, uh, Cindy Carrasco, there's a super pack out there that's also, I want to say, dropped like 300 grand. Uh, oh wow! Against uh, for Cindy Carrasco against Ryan Mears. Do we know where that pack came from? Uh, I got to scribble down in my. Notepads somewhere with my alcohol and tobacco and <laughs> THC and all my other crap. I'm gonna be needing. Do we talk about last week
2: though? I mean, you do the eyeball test in terms of signage. Yes. Can you make a definitive conclusion as to to what the turnout's gonna be like just by looking at the the signage and where it's at?
5: Um. It, it it's it's a sign. It, it helps uh, because, like I said, signs and uh, medians don't vote. Signs in yards don't vote, but the people who own those yards actually do. Right.
3: I never saw a Biden sign anywhere, and 80-plus million people voted for the guy, apparently. <laughs>
2: <so>. <laughs> I saw I saw a few Biden signs in Zionsville, trust me. Yeah, of yeah, course liberal yeah, yeah, okay. yeah
5: but locally, uh, yard signs and yards actually matter more than yard signs in the median. Um, I do believe uh, that city has a path to victory. I think the prosecutor's race will be a lot closer uh, than we think, uh, because I want to say uh, when... Their fundraising numbers came out, and she went up on television. The, the the twenty point poll difference between her and Ryan Mears closed like at the at the very least closed down closed down like ten.
3: Did that debate hurt Ryan Mears? Like, I don't know how many people watched it. It's probably smaller than we think. But the takeaway line from that debate was Ryan Mears going downtown safe. Downtown is safe, and then a week later, the Starbucks closes. This
5: crap ain't safe. <laughs> um, I think. I think with Ryan Mears, I think. I think. Where you with any debate, where you sit depends on where you stand. If you like the candidate, you think they did great. If you don't like the candidate, you, you think they sucked.
3: But you're like um, the objective guy. You run indiepolitics.org. What do you think?
5: Um, I think I think I think at that debate, the the one on the northeast side of town, both Ryan and Cindy were talking to their base constituents. Ryan was like, you no, know, the the sort of the social justice perspective. Send you the, the the accountability perspective. So I think I think they did what they need to do with their respective audiences.
2: They also did. the, Are you talking about the debate or the town hall? Because there was two different functions.
5: Uh, this was the this is more the town hall. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay, the okay, debate, okay. the one that oh, yeah, RTV6 on did section, with yeah. Rafael yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, like I said, still talking to their respective, trying to trying to turn out the vote.
3: Abdul-Hakim Shabazz is with us. So let's get into the Secretary of State race, <laughs> Diego Morales, more drama. Before we get into whether or not this is voter fraud, a question Nigel and I kick around a lot. Does anybody outside of like diehard politicos even know who these people are? Like, Abdul, if you went to the... Uh, Dispensary of your choice. <laughs> if you went to the bar of your choice in somewhere in Indianapolis, not necessarily Nikki Blaine's. But, but-
5: if it was a dispensary, it would be in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. There's, no yeah, legal, legal, there's no legal dispensaries here in Indiana as of yet yeah, that, that, that I know of. Yeah, and
3: I never used to place bets before it became legal either. Uh, but do these people even know who? Destiny Wells is Diego Morales. Like, if you barged into the barbershop shop and said, "Hey, oh my God, did you hear that? Diego Morales may have voted illegally." Would they look at you and go, "Who the hell is Diego Morales?" <laughs>
5: he wants to be your chief elections officer. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I think you have a point. Uh, I and under, I would say under normal circumstances, most people have no idea who your secretary of state candidates are. Because
3: I like talk radio, we've lifted this dude up to where like he's getting the same mentions as Biden and DeSantis and Trump. Because he
5: just keeps making news, <laughs> um, but I do Is think that the uh, idea. But I do think uh, with the 2020 election and and, sec- and the and the, the the concerns people said people had about elections, I think that has sort of heightened the secretary of states race across the country. Uh, now with Diego Morales in particular, I do think. More people probably know him than he thinks they do, because once again, he's been in the news like every other week. Because every other week, another shoe drops. But like Dayton, it's, it's, it's like, te- like dating Marcos. <laughs> it's like it's like another shoe. A lot <laughs> of
2: shoes in her closet. But <laughs> exactly, they seem to bounce off of. It. It's like a, he's almost got some Teflon on him. It seems like
5: well, well, not necessarily, because once again, uh, we're now in the, we're now in the voting stage, and what Diego's folks have been. Well, what they've been trying to do is focus on straight ticket voting, in other words, go gotcha. ahead and you, put, you punch Republican. That's why when he goes out, he just goes to Republican functions like Lincoln Day dinners, like festivals, parades, that.
2: Yeah, that dinner that he was at with Rob, when, when Rob Kendall's in attendance, he said straight ticket Republican. That's what you got to do. Yeah, that that what...
5: that is going to be that is Diego's last okay. saving grace because with all this other stuff going on. Um, Particularly suburban women, uh, whether the, the sexual misconduct. Now the, the allegations of possible committing voter fraud. And here's something else that 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 is actually I'm not I'm serious about this as well. If Diego Morales gets elected, and there's a chance that he will, because Indiana still leans Republican, there's a very good chance he will not finish his term because just like with Charlie White, oddly enough, ten years ago, about about the same time, he was accused he was accused of voter fraud. There was a special prosecutor. And if the special prosecutor finds that uh, there's a find that Diego Rouse committed voter fraud, and he's convicted of a felony because it is, he would have to step down, and they would have to replace him, Eric Holcomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, my uh, my, my, conspira- my my conspiracy theory. Get that tinfoil hat over here. Abdul's <laughs> right. gonna put it on. <laughs> Normally, it's reserved for us. But here, Abdul, try it on. One Damn. size fits all. Here's my political conspiracy theory that if Diego is. Uh, removed from office because he convicted of a felony of voter fraud, uh, then Eric Holcomb would pick the next Secretary of State, and I would not be surprised if Eric Holcomb picked Holly Sullivan, who Diego Morales, who is the current Secretary of State, who Diego Morales beat at the convention this past June. So it's basically going the long way around just to go the long way around.
3: All right, my friend, um, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty here. So where can we get more information?
5: Uh, just follow me on Indie Politics all week long. Also follow me on Twitter at A-T-T-Y Abdul or IndiePoliticsORG. And we'll just be basically doing this from now until through next Friday. and some Election
3: meetings. night. Are you on the air here with us? We're
5: on the air here, here at WIBC.
3: All right, Abdul, thank That's you. Abdul. Hey, thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The coach Dan Dockage from Outkick and our sister sports talk station 107.5 the fan. As a uh, as a Colts fan, what am I supposed to do with that <laughs> loss last week? What, what am I supposed to do with that? What, what oh, this, game, this
3: weekend what am I supposed to do? Watch this? Let me ask yeah. you two Tell guys. Let me ask like you two 90, guys a question. The backup
2: quarterback for the commanders went 90 yards on the, the stellar Colts defense and lasted two minutes, coach. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to do with that?
1: Uh, 24 hour rule. You put it away Oh. Shut up all that. Let me, here's the deal. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to believe that getting rid of Naheem Hines and the offensive coordinator, all right, let me ask you guys, is a good thing. So my guy, Chris Ballard, 2020, he wins the award from the NFL that he's the most transparent. Every general manager that made a deal on the draft deadline spoke. Except Chris Ballard. Where's Chris Ballard? Like, weird. That'd be like you guys talking about all your success, which you should, and then all of a sudden, let's say a month it doesn't go well, and all of a sudden you go into hiding. You're not going into hiding. You no. address it. You move... It's... Uh, answering your question i don't know what you do with that other than hope because this is the best regime coach and general manager in the history of the world according to the idiots in the local print media and believe because uh, i don't know
3: you know this is the nfl right two weeks ago we thought man as bad as they are the colts can still win the division here we are now I don't see a whole lot of wins available on that schedule, Man. Coach. Maybe the Texans, because they're awful. You're looking at three
1: or four wins this whole year, unless they beat the Patriots this weekend. I, well, then not the question become, somebody asked me this, and I'll ask you guys. My thought is, the I'm going to give the answer first. I'm going to go Jeopardy here. Sam Ellinger shows that he can play. The question is, what can the Colts get out of this season? I mean, really. I mean, if you look at it, if you get out of this season, that Sam Allinger is legitimate quarterback hammer. Then okay, maybe it's a success. By legitimate, I mean can win you the Super Bowl because that's I think what okay you know what I mean like because my fear, coach, as a Colts fan, I know where you're going. He he
3: plays well. They sign him to a yeah. four-year deal, you know, two hundred yes. million dollars, and he
1: sucks for about I, three and a half of them. That's why I slowed it down because that's well, Jacoby Brissett, he was he's top fifteen quarterback. They told us uh, Carson Wentz was going to solve all our problems. This guy here. Matt Ryan was supposed to be minimum 2 years. He made what? 6 games? What, what did he make? <laughs> Hammer time. <laughs> Nigel baby. This Coach, is was a vaccinated. catastrophe. At least uh, he was vaccinated. Well that that every year I I hear this and every year you can go back and you can look at the star or the ESPN writer or the Atlantic. Every year this quarterback's perfect fit. Right. Honest to God, Hammer, to what you saying. There's never <laughs> been a free agent that came in. Well, this guy sucks. All right. <laughs> uh, 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 Gakwe, have we even heard the name in since, I don't know, his Twitter account? He seemed like a nice guy. He was doing some stuff. They wrote a story. The, the people they have brought in, I, I I get it. Like, But the question then becomes why. The question becomes why, to your point, does everybody think, Jason, like you think, which is, hey, look, uh, this guy is going to be mediocre, and you're going to sign him to a big deal. Why did you sign Glowinski to a big deal? To get rid of. Why did you sign Hines to a big deal? Why the need to sign all of these guys to these deals that before they even were ready or eligible for a new deal? I you put know, Reich and Ballard in that conversation. There's no question. What you know when a- Andrew Luck was here, they did not extend him till his fifth year. When they had to extend him, they got i I'll put Reich and Ballard. And to your point, they got extended. Let me ask you a question: What had they done to get extended? They did not, and really haven't come that close to winning the worst division in football yet. What so? What Jimmy Ursay then has is he's got human nature running against him. He's got a fat cat organization that guys are paid. How many times do you see it in a sport? You know, you guys, where you go, Well, he's in the last year of his contract. He's going to have a big year. Right. Right? Lamar Jackson this How about year. How about uh, uh, Aaron Judge? Right. You know? I mean, we see it. So now, but Colts are the opposite. You had a mediocre year. We're going to pay you like <laughs> he had a big time year. And then we're going to expect you to do what? I don't know. Why do sports franchises do this? And it's at the college I don't level, know. too. Indiana had
3: a COVID year where they were really good. Yes. And they got a little cocky. They thought they deserved a better bowl game. They covered up the Big Ten logo on their jersey. They give Tom Allen this monster
1: deal, and I'm not sure they've won since. <laughs> I, 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 Michigan State has a great running back, Kenneth Walker. They win, like, eight in a row. They lose their last, like, three, two years ago. and They give this guy, Mel Tucker, $95 million. I I don't get it, man. I I honestly I like it. If I'm a coach, are you hammer? You get fired from here. As successful as you guys have been, I don't know what your deal is, but you're not getting more than 70% of whatever you're not getting. These dudes get fired and it's I I, Brian Harson gets fired for being nine and twelve. He coached twenty one games and he's gonna make like twenty two million in a buyout. I, I swear to God, sign me up. (laughs) <laughs> Sign right. me up! I'll go up there and suck for the money. I, look, I guarantee you, you could put the three of us at Auburn. I, I'll guarantee you, you could put the three of us at Indiana. And right. right now, the buyout for another year is twenty million on Tom Allen. I don't want him to get fired. I like Tom Allen. He comes on my show right. every Thursday. He's a great dude. He is. And I and I I've said this about Ballard and Reich. Uh, I aspire to be as good a man as they are men, but you gotta win in the NFL, and I've said this the entire time, and so have you guys. That's why I like coming on the show, because you get it. It's not about cap space. It's not about draft choices. Well, he's the greatest drafter. Well, they've got the most cap space. He's the best GM, (laughs) according to agents. My ass! (laughs) You know, it's about about one thing. It's about winning. You're wearing a Tennessee hat, your Tennessee jersey. Why? Because Tennessee's won, and they got a monster game this weekend. Don't at me, people. <laughs>
2: hey, you mentioned Michigan State. Was that that game last week where the player in a hallway after the game took his helmet off and started beating no. the crap out of somebody else?
1: Players. It, it was, was that, mess. What was that? Was that Michigan State? Yeah, Michigan State, Michigan. They... But he, he
2: took his helmet off and started and used his helmet as a weapon, right? <laughs> well,
1: there's a bunch of guys that jumped the guy. One guy took his helmet off. Uh, th- there's some interesting things there. One guy Prepared for battle, he saw the <laughs> brawl over here, like three of his buddies beating the hell out of one guy. He put his helmet back on, right? And he That's went smart move, yeah. And he went, so yeah, I mean, because Michigan's tunnel, it's where both it's bad, teams yeah, have to come out. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? We had that one time at Bowling Green, uh, Western Michigan. We got in a hassle. There was a little bit of push, and I grabbed an assistant. He were, you know, he put his hands on our players, all that crap, and then we just said, all wow. right, we'll go first. You go second. You were asking me off the air. I, I hate to say this because I really, I I, 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 don't like it, but it's om- it is time for. For prosecutors to get involved, we've had three things. If you really think about it, we've had the 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 Draymond Green punch, which I get a kick out of people saying, "Well, that's really nothing." I, I was twenty seven years as a coach. Urban Meyer was thirty some years. We were talking. I'd never seen a punch like that other than Rudy, Tom and Kermit Washington just walks over and clocks, just him. clocks him. I mean, knocks his backside down. And then we saw the guy for Alabama running through the crowd, just whacking people, you know. And and now we see we see this. I I, I don't know. I, I have some very smart people. that that. That aren't really in sports, uh, but they're just in smart and they like sports. One kid's uh, dad or his son played at Indiana, played football. And, you know, it's almost at the point where you're like, you better get some prosecutors involved. And I do think, guys, I do think the prosecutors, to your point, uh, Nigel, I I do think they're involved in this Michigan deal. And I think you're going to see hardball press for charges. Because, man, there's a difference between two dudes scrapping on the court and that was a jumping in the hallway no, no of the question. stadium. Oh, no, That's like you're walking down the street in your high school and six guys beat the hell out of you because you're wearing Tennessee and I'm wearing Georgia and we all are wearing Georgia. I mean, it was an absolute mugging, beat down, jumping, whatever you want to say. it. And frankly, um, it didn't stop. And, and you know what was interesting to me? And this is starting to make me just absolutely disgusted. Adults... Pick up their phone and they start videotaping it. Yep. Like grown ass men. Grown ass men. Yeah. Grown. What are we doing? Like, uh, stop it. I mean, I, I'll never forget. Last time I played fast pitch softball, my boy Knezovic, Kyle gets in a little, tete to tete, whatever, with the umpire, <laughs> and they're gonna fight. Like after the game, they're going to fight, right? This is, it's at Condom Park. It's on Pendleton Pike, right behind uh, the strip joint. And (laughs) Kyle's going to fight. And a friend of mine's visiting from out of town. And he's like, hey, we got to go over there. I go, no. I go, look around. Everybody. Was had their phones up I'm like I'm not going to be on no video of some <laughs> idiots <laughs> fighting at Condom Park. Are you crazy? <laughs> give me a bet, Coach. Oh baby, hey, are you betting on the bet. Colts this week, Pat? No,
2: you, you're going to stay you're staying away from the Colts this week, then. Huh? The coach is going to be
3: on my TV betting show wait. on Sunday. Oh, you are. Yeah. All Indiana
1: bets oh, from nice. noon to yeah. one. Yeah.
2: Nice. All right. I we'll got. I got.
1: I got four for you. Oh, okay. I got four that I like and I'm moving them around. I'm on fire by the way. I'm absolute fire. You don't like parlays. I've got, I like easy parlays. Like last night, I took the Astros and I took this guy Dallas got it over 45 and it worked out well. I got Here's 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 bets individually and collectively. I've moved the Purdue line to 3. I don't like the hook, but I think Purdue beats Iowa. I got Purdue minus 3. I've got I moved this line too. I've got Wisconsin minus 3. I, I think I think Maryland has had success, and that coach is awful, and there's no way he could sit on a week of success with a bye. And I like Brian Kelly. Everybody hates Brian Kelly. I like Brian Kelly. I'll take the 14 points. I'll take that at home, at night, against Alabama. And then I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. It's 3.5. I move that to 3. I put it in a, a $100 parlay. It's going to win me 100 Actually, I took it for $200. It's going to win me $1,800. do not at me. Sunday
3: from noon to 1 <laughs> on Wednesday. TV
1: Coach Dockett myself, awesome. all
3: Indiana bets. Coach, thank you. Thank you. Let's drink some beer, Nigel. Do it. Beer Sample Friday next. Sunshine and 76 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. And it's Beer Sample Friday.
0: Right now. <laughs> and Nigel presents...
3: uh, beer Sample. Fry.
4: I got some beers. let them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down get you some. Brought to
2: you by our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. Spencer and uh, his beautiful wife, Heather, are headed to New York City because Heather's running the New York City Marathon. Oh, okay. <laughs> so good luck to the Thompsons, and uh, thank you for being proud sponsors of Beer Sample. Friday, I'm Nigel. Jason Hammer's right over there. Now, when we do this segment, sometimes... Brewers will bring us their beer to try out on the air. Sometimes bars will just bring us some unique beers that they serve just to get their name out there. Um, and then sometimes it's me and you. Sometimes we'll just go into the liquor store and look for something interesting. Maybe try to tie a beer, like a unique beer name, to what's going on in the country. Like something I, topical. I was I was in the uh, liquor store this morning at like 9.30.
3: People look at me like I'm drunk. Oh, um, bullcrap. They knew you by name. <laughs> nice! Hey! What took you so long? We've been open so, 30 minutes. So I was kind of... <laughs> Uh, we expected you to have at least 15 <laughs> minutes
2: ago. Um, so I was trying to look around. You know, sometimes we like to try to, you know, tie the name of the beer. It's, it's it can be cheesy sometimes, but sure. it's fun. So I, I was looking for something to do with midterms or elections, and I threw all that out the
3: window <laughs> when
2: I, I saw
3: this beer. So here you go. All right, the, handing and, me the bag right yeah. now. I'm reaching into the bag, and we've got. Make it a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the beer, make it a cheeseburger. The Devil's Trumpet Brewing Company. Which is in Merrillville, Indiana. Okay. So that's up by the region, right? Yeah, Marilyn.
2: Right. And I think that's, a good, I don't know if that's three <laughs> Floyds competition or not, but I just saw making a cheese. I think that's what half of these craft brewers do. They just throw random names on it. Right. Like, I'd definitely buy something that said, like, steak on a stick, IPA, or said <laughs> right. something like that. Hot you know? chicken a bikini. Yeah, right. So. Oh, here we go. Ooh. <sighs> Mm. Hold on, I'm going to pour mine into it. A... Got a little spillage here. Oh, sorry about that. Uh,
3: no, it's good. Make it a cheeseburger. India pale mm. ale. Ooh, and very a... citrusy, very fruity. I love the can, too. Fruity. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's got the like fiery devil background. I'm waiting for Joe Biden to pop out and make a speech.
2: <laughs> that does, you could put Biden's face right, <laughs> right where that is. Mmm, um... mmm make it a cheeseburger i very kind of a, some like a malt forward uh style ipa for sure so i don't know that's i saw making a cheeseburger i know it was national sandwich day earlier this week we okay were, that's topical we, 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 we were arguing whether or not a cheeseburger was a sandwich or its own thing so happy beer sample friday everybody an entire hour of the hammer and nigel show coming up next